Welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. I'm here to welcome you into the world of orgasmic living by hosting experts to discuss orgasmic topics such as nutrition, spirituality, personal development, sexuality, and much more. Here, we will offer lifestyle lessons that can help you lead a fulfilling, joyous, and orgasmic lifestyle. I'm your guide, Venus O'Hara. Welcome to the 38th episode of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. In this new moon episode, I'll be discussing my Christmas plans, sapiosexuality, and more. I'll also be sharing an erotic story called An Orgasmic New Year's Eve. Then I'll be discussing the book I'm reading now, which is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And finally, we'll be experiencing a guided meditation with affirmations for the new moon. But first, let me share with you some reflections on the Christmas season. It's nearly the end of the year and I'm so happy to report that this year is one of the first years or only years that I'm not dreading Christmas. I really hated Christmas for so long in my life, in my adult life particularly. And I think it's a time when we are forced to kind of look at our lives, particularly our personal lives. And for someone like me for so long, I've just focused on my professional life and I've looked at my personal life and I've just kind of had this, oh no, kind of feeling. And I've really felt that I was the only one suffering because of this at Christmas. And um, I realized that's not true at all. But this year I made a conscious effort to really focus on my personal and social life. And now I am reaping the benefits. It's so amazing. I have created this group that I've talked about many times called Barcelona Conscious Connections. And we are all meeting for a big Christmas dinner, a Christmas lunch on Christmas Day, which is going to be for about 50 people, I think, or 40 to 50 people, which is going to be amazing because I think um, it's providing a service and opportunity for many people who are in a similar position to me, being an expat in a foreign country and not really having a Christmas plan. Also, I am going to be doing something incredible on Christmas Eve for the very first time. I'm doing some charity work, so I have to prepare some um, gift bags for the homeless. And it's the first time I'm doing it. I'm doing it with friends as well, so that ticks even more boxes. And I think whatever troubles you can have or go through at Christmas, um, I think a lot of us can um, feel quite down at this time of year. But it's all always nice to actually do something for someone else. There's always someone else who is not as fortunate as we are. And that's something I'm going to be um, looking forward to doing as well, because um, um, I think it will help me as much as the person who receives my gifts is going to be helped, That um, that's for sure. And I think it's going to be um, definitely a deep lesson in gratitude. But I've had some very horny times in my lifetime about around Christmas as well. I've used it as an opportunity to do something really crazy and memorable. And I remember one Christmas, um, I did something, one of the most 
sapiosexual things I ever did in my life. And um, I want to make a special episode about sapiosexuality. And it's all about being attracted by intellect and knowledge, intelligence, etc. And I definitely consider myself to be a sapiosexual. I've, I wrote in one of my books called The Mask of Venus that I was always more attracted to guys who looked like they spent time in a library or more time in the library than in the gym, which um, right now, I mean, I am a, I'm really into healthy living and, and fitness and stuff. Um, so definitely uh, if someone can have a gym look and a library look at the same time, that, w- that would definitely tick some boxes for me. But um, just focusing on physique is not just for aesthetic purposes. It's not, it's not really impressive for me. I'm, I like healthy, healthy living, healthy bodies, but also a very healthy and inquisitive mind is something that really gets me going. Also, I, I love the wit that can be present when you're flirting. And it's um, it's kind of like a game of intelligence, actually. And uh, I, I find that very, very attractive. And many years ago, when I was working in a in, a, in exports, um, I had this raging libido, as I still do, but it wasn't really my job then, because I had a normal life or pretended to have a normal life. And I didn't really know how to handle my libido at the time. I just thought it was kind of off the charts. I didn't realize that it, that it would be, it could really influence my life decisions, which I definitely am. I acknowledge that now. And I remember on a Monday, I was on this website, which is similar to Craigslist, and I was on the erotic section. This is probably the worst place to do any erotic um, or dating, um, let's say, because it had like the worst, not not like creme de la creme, but the opposite, the worst of the worst people there, lots of sexual deviants. And I came across this advert that said, um, but I was actually at work, so I was just killing time. So I wasn't really, it wasn't supposed to be a serious inquiry or <laughs> serious perusal. But I came across this advert saying called um, private classes, and it said that you will, you will come to my classroom wearing a pleated skirt and every time you misbehave, you'll have to bend over and you'll be spanked. And I just thought, wow, this is so hot. This is, of course, before the era of Fifty Shades of Grey. And before that Fifty Shades of Grey, I think the topic of BDSM was not so well known in Spain. I think it was looked down upon as something weird from maybe Northern Europe or something like that. It was very underground and and just weird in general. And I was always into um, fetishism and BDSM and role play and things like that for from large parts of my life. I've, uh, it's been something that really defined my my sexuality in, in when I in my formative years. So when I saw this advert, I was instantly intrigued and inspired to respond to it. And I wrote back. I was also inspired by the film Secretary, which if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend. It's one of the only films that I've seen about ten times. And I mention it because the um, Secretary is basically about spanking and spelling mistakes. And it's just so, so, so hot. I highly recommend it um, to anyone. Um, and it's it's much better than Fifty Shades of Grey, for sure. Anyway, um, so I was inspired by spelling mistakes. So I wrote back to this advert with loads of spelling mistakes. And it was, it was, it was in Spanish. I said, hi, I'm English. Everything was... Everything was spelled badly. Every single word was misspelled. 
And I said that I am looking for a teacher. I was so happy to find this um, advert because it's exactly what I'm looking for. Because um, you, as you can see, I make quite a few mistakes and because I'm English and there's no discipline in this country. <laughs> so anyway, we, I started this correspondence with someone that I called the teacher and he couldn't believe my reply. So we kept replying to each other with this role play happening where I was the um the the, uh, the student with all the, the spelling mistakes and it had it went on for about six months and there was there were times when one day I mean my spelling got worse and worse and worse and one day I decided to actually delete all of the spaces <laughs> so it was literally like this big block of letters that was very difficult to decipher but I found these this type of um, game to be so hot and it was so alluring. It was much more powerful than, let's say, sending nudes or sending a picture of myself in underwear. But I did do that as well a couple of times just to say, this is me. And he did not believe it. He just thought I was a 50-year-old guy kind of taking the piss. And it was hilarious. Um, So anyway, one day I decided to actually meet him six months after. And I just, um, when we met, I was just wearing, I was wearing no makeup, a hoodie and some jogging bottoms. And I was very kind of normal looking. And he just like, he looked at me and he just kept smoking. This is back in the day when you could actually smoke in bars still. And he just chain smoked and didn't really say that much. Um, he just couldn't believe that I was a real person. And um, and then suddenly I, just, I kind of felt safe in his presence. That I kind of realized that he wasn't some weirdo Um he was just a nice guy, a normal guy, and he was an interesting guy, even though I think he was more shocked. Our conversations were not so deep at the beginning, but um, um, yeah, we definitely made a connection. And anyway, then a few, I met him another time, and then a third time, I actually, it was Christmas Eve, and I really just detest Christmas Eve. I had no plan, and he hates it as well, so he'd escaped from a family thing, or he'd had a family thing and then came to my place after. And I decided I was feeling very mis- mischievous. And I decided to actually dress up as a schoolgirl. Uh, I was wearing this, this um, I put my hair in pigtails and I wore um, a Spice Girls t-shirt and a pleated skirt, some white socks and some red converse. And when I opened the door, he looked at me and just his mouth was just like, whoa, it fell to the ground. And he took a couple of steps back as if to say, I'm not, I'm not going in there. I'm not, I know you're going to torture me. <laughs> and so I was like, come in teacher. I don't want my neighbors to see me like this. Anyway, he came in and, um, he was so hot because, um, we were just talking and, um, he was just couldn't believe it. And he looked at me and then suddenly I realized that the conversation wasn't going in the way I had planned. So I suddenly just kind of opened my legs in front of him, exposing the fact that I had no underwear on. And he just like looked down at my naked smooth vulva and said, are you trying to mess with my head? And I said, yes. <laughs> and, and then he told me, he said, lean over the table and then he started to spank me. He said, you're trying to mess with my head, aren't you? And I said, yes, yes, yes. Until it got a bit sore. And I said, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. And then we both sat down and uh, carried on drinking and and talking about normal things. And then every um, when the um, pain of, of the spanking subsided, I just kind of decided to misbehave again and again until it was a whole night of just spanking and cunnilingus and fingering. And it was just so so, so, so hot without sex, without him taking his clothes off. And it was just one of the most erotic 
situations of my life because it was really like a proper head fuck. It was really in my in my mind. It was like cerebral aerobics, if that makes any sense. Um, so yeah, I've always tried to, uh, that was Christmas Eve anyway, it was, it was definitely an unforgettable time. And it was also around the same time that I had learned to give myself orgasms on tap because that, that took me a long, long, long time in my life. I think I was in my mid to late twenties. So it was, uh, it was very, <laughs> it was very difficult. But once I found that skill, I was just, oh my God, I was just masturbating a lot. And then really in my headspace with, um, my, my endeavors, my real encounters. Um, and that was, um, one, one Christmas I will never, ever, ever forget. But this Christmas is going to be different for different reasons. And I have, I would like some sex this Christmas. I'm hoping something is going to pop up in my horizon because it's been a very, very long time since I indulged. And um, yeah, so we will see what happens. But in all in all, I'm definitely looking forward to this year's Christmas. And it was very weird because um, a couple of weeks ago, I was on GB News in the UK to talk about Christmas. I was actually presented as a Christmas critic, um, which was interesting. Um, and um, also a lot of my friends were like, GB News, that's disgraceful, because <laughs> it's obviously kind of a quite a right-wing news channel, but I wasn't on to kind of express any views of that sort. It was just literally to present my ideas as a, someone who's not really into the traditional Christmas, but of course I could not express the other ways that I've been celebrating Christmas over the years. But this year is going to be quite uh, well behaved and I'm doing something for other people and in that um, Christmas Eve will be for the homeless and then the next day for myself, of course, and also for some good friends who don't have a plan and for many others who are coming to my conscious Christmas day lunch, which is going to be fantastic. And that's it. And also today I'm going to be sharing a very hot story with you, which is called an orgasmic New Year's Eve. And it's another time in my life when I decided to do something very crazy and sexual instead of following the traditions that are here in Spain for New Year. But I will reveal all right now. Now it's time for this episode's erotic story. An Orgasmic New Year's Eve by Venus O'Hara An Orgasmic New Year's Eve by Venus O'Hara Here in Spain, the holiday season is very different from the British New Year I grew up with, where getting wasted and kissing strangers was the norm. Instead, the Spaniards celebrate by eating 12 grapes at midnight one with each chime to welcome the new year and bring good luck. Whether I was celebrating at a dinner party or a house party, the ritual was the same. The TV would be switched on just before midnight. There was a special New Year's Eve programme showing the clock at Puerta del Sol in the centre of Madrid. When the big moment arrived, the whole of Spain proceeded to have their 12 grapes at the same time. The number of chimes was indicated on the TV screen, so you don't lose track of the grape count. It may sound simple, but despite these more than obvious audio-visual cues, I messed it up nearly every time. By the end of the chimes, I realised I had finished my grapes too soon, or I had one grape left over. Needless to say, I often wondered if this meant that I would be doomed to a year of bad luck. 
One year, however, I realised that I didn't need grapes for good luck. So I decided it was time to start a tradition of my own. I was seeing a guy who wasn't a big fan of the grape-guzzling tradition either. We were planning to celebrate the new year with a homemade dinner at his place. I neglected to mention my great idea to him, as I thought it would have an even greater impact when the time came. Although we weren't planning on going out anywhere, I still dressed up for the occasion. I wore a black evening dress with no underwear, well, except for some stockings and suspenders. I wore a big winter coat over my ensemble, and I walked to his place in the bitter cold. With every step, my cold, naked thighs rubbed against each other. In contrast to the freezing temperatures, my Venusian nectar was on fire as I imagined what would happen when I arrived at my lover's house. I rang the intercom and went up in the lift to his penthouse apartment. The door was half open and I was welcomed by the aroma of home-cooked vegetarian cuisine the sound of classical music and candlelight. I could hear him pottering about in the kitchen. I made my way there and found him stirring some vegetable soup. Without even saying hello, he knelt down, lifted my skirt as if it was a veil on my wedding day, and he was about to kiss the bride. But this was no wedding. Instead, he sniffed my vulva which was almost as hungry as I was. He then proceeded to kiss my most intimate parts with a lingering peck and then got up. He took my coat to hang it up and got back to the kitchen to take care of dinner. No words were needed. This was our ritual. I set the table and got ready to enjoy some delicious, healthy, home-cooked food. We ate and chatted like any of the other dinners we'd shared before. Only this time, I had to keep an eye on the clock. After enjoying some organic chamomile tea to aid our digestion, we made our way to the sofa, and soon enough, one thing led to another, and he was unveiling my skirt again, in search of my throbbing clitoris. I threw my head back, and almost got carried away by his expert tongue-flicking technique. When it got to 11.45pm, I pushed his head away. Let's put the TV on, I said. I thought you didn't want to do the 12 grapes, he said, frowning with confusion. I don't. I have a much better idea, I replied with a mischievous twinkle in my eye. He picked up the remote control and turned the TV on. The festive atmosphere was building up on the streets of Madrid. And every time they showed a close-up of the Spanish capital's most famous clock, my heart started to race in anticipation. I whipped my dress off and positioned myself on all fours in front of the TV. I conveniently left my stockings and suspenders on. Fuck the twelve grapes. I want twelve thrusts instead, I exclaimed. All of a sudden he knelt down next to me 
and started kissing me passionately. By 11.58pm, he was hard, condomed up and ready to go. I resumed my doggy-style position, eagerly awaiting the arrival of the new year. Ding! All of a sudden I felt the tip of his penis enter me and then quickly withdraw. It took me by surprise, I can tell you. Ding! Another deep thrust. Ding! And another. Ding! Gasp! Ding! Moan! Ding! 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 Happy New Year, I gasped at the end. Or perhaps it was Feliz Año Nuevo, as they say in Spanish. This time, all twelve thrusts were synchronised with each chime to perfection. Then we increased our pelvic momentum significantly, until we were both able to enjoy our first orgasms of the year. We certainly started off the year with a bang, quite literally. Thanks to my orgasmic New Year's Eve, I was sure this year was going to be a good one. The book I'm reading now is The Artist's Way, A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity by Julia Cameron. This has been described as a course in discovering and recovering your creative self. I first came across this book two years ago and I had this incredible reaction as soon as I heard about the title. As soon as I saw the cover of the book on Amazon, I pressed buy straight away. And even before it came, I started to research, um, do some research on it. And I discovered the practice of morning pages and of course the artist's date. So basically this book is kind of like, how would I describe it? It's kind of like a course to recover and discover the artist within you, especially for those people who maybe have more, let's say, non-artistic professions and have, have had this crazy artist desire inside them that they think has not been nurtured or expressed or they don't really believe in it. So it's th- for those kind of people, I would say, let's say, an engineer who wants to be a writer, that, that kind of thing. And for me, even though I am an artist, I have felt that I've had some kind of blocks in sharing my message. I don't know what it is, if it's the ego or fear of not being heard or seen or something like that. But I found that when I discovered this practice of morning pages that's recommended in this book, I was completely, it blew my mind. And I thought this is exactly what I need to unblock myself. So the practice of morning pages is basically when you wake up in the, in the morning, um, the first thing you do is to write three pages of stream of consciousness text, anything that's coming through your head and you're not supposed to read it again or even publish it or even share it, just write. And I thought this is a great idea for the basis or of a new book. So I started to write my next book, which is still, it's mostly written now, but I just found the process to be so joyful. I really, really enjoyed it. And I kind of was writing this big text. I didn't really know what's happening the next day. There was no structure. And I just found it was very liberating to do this practice until it got to, you know, 300 pages later. <laughs> it's quite fascinating. And also what I found was when I went back to read it, everything that I was worrying about or that I had planned, many of those things didn't actually happen. 
So it just kind of helped me to kind of get in more into the present space of not worrying about things and just seeing how wasteful the energy of worry really is. And also planning to some degree, because I was planning some things and then um, they didn't happen. And, um, you know, spending time thinking and worrying about future when we really should be in the present moment, which is a huge cliche, but it's so true. We don't really do that enough. And just today, actually, I met up with a friend. Obviously, it's Christmas time, so I'm meeting other people I'm not, I don't see that often. I met a friend who's retired, and he still has his parents. His parents are still around, and um, obviously, they're very, very um, old. But he said that his life, ever since he became retired, is just filled with you know, just checking on sick people, taking people to and fro the hospital, and even he can notice his own physical and mental decline. And I think in life, we really have to, we think we've got time, and that's one of our biggest mistakes. And we, we can't live in fear of what will they think if you have a crazy artist's idea, you know, we have to really just be um, as much as of ourselves as we can be in every context in our physical uh, being and in our professional and personal. It's so, so, so important. Another thing in this artist's way, this book that really inspired me was The Artist's Date. And you are encouraged, it's actually a 12-week course, I'm not sure if I said that already. So you read a chapter per week and you're not supposed to kind of go faster or slower than that. I think I read one a day because it was actually during the pandemic when I first read it. And um, I had a lot of time in my hands and not much else to do. So I actually made the most of that extra time to just read and read and read. And I read 30 books in 2020. So the artist date was going on a date with yourself once a week, which was a bit limited during the pandemic. But it's something that I've done quite a lot in my life, going to um, an exhibition on my own, going to have lunch on my own in a restaurant and even, you know, dinner and I feel quite at ease to actually go into a place and say table for one, please. But you'd be surprised about how many with um, how many people are not comfortable with that. So that's another kind of um, exercise in the book. But it's definitely a, a journey of um, self-expression and also abundance and liberation. So I think this book has got so much potential and um, it's just really, really, really life changing for me. And um, I'm hoping that one day what I wrote, even though it's not supposed to be seen or read by anyone else, I'm hoping that I'm, I will share it with the world because I actually really enjoy reading it back myself. I think it's pretty good. So, yes, yeah, so if you are um, someone who wants to nurture the artist that you have within, I would highly recommend this book, The Artist's Way. It's been around for 25 years at least. When, this is the 25th anniversary edition. So it's um, it's definitely influenced thousands and thousands of lives uh, around the world. And many artists have been inspired to to actually share their different works thanks to the this book. It's incredibly inspiring and highly recommended. The Artist's Way, A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity by Julia Cameron. Now it's time to slow things down as we prepare for this episode's guided affirmations meditation. It's probably not a good idea to listen to this while driving or operating machinery. Instead, take a break from whatever you're doing, get comfortable, take a deep breath and enjoy. I am looking forward to new beginnings.
facts. To find out more about me and my orgasmic lifestyle, visit venusohara.org or follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash venusohara. Make sure to search for the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. 
Thanks for listening. Have an orgasmic week and make sure every day is a climax.